dead than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Wednesday. Kind of a weird weather Wednesday, I guess. And I hope you're all doing well. Had a good Monday game online. That's my Monday group. We moved online. We started a little later. We only play for a couple hours, but we have a really, really good time. I mean, I'm kind of invested in this uh, and the character. We're all about third level. So I don't know where else we're going to go with with it. Carlos says he has another another scenario planned after this, but we will see. I'm, I'm perfectly fine having Carlos run for a while. I mean, you know, he loves it. He's, he's, he's wants us to do an Eberron adventure in 5e after this. So we'll see. I kind of hate to leave my character, this monk, but we will see what happens. Anyway, I wanted to talk about a bit about modularity and, and packs and skill packs and things like that. And we will talk about that after this. Well, I've been reviewing or looking through the Survive This Vigilante City books. I've got book three and four here that I have to do a video review on. I haven't done those yet. I did the first two books. And it reminded me what modular thinking is and it's good. What I mean is, I think more games should be modular. Well, a lot. Okay, let's lay it out there. Most good games are modular. I mean, I think second edition is good because it's modular. A fifth edition can be modular. But what I'm saying is, for ease of play, I think there should be more packs. Vigilante City has what they call skill packs that are just a certain occupation that has a certain set of skills packed into it. They have a regular skill list, but there are certain classes in that game where, like, if you're playing an anthropomorph or a mutant, you don't have a skill progression, or you don't have a skill set, but you buy these skill packs. So you're like a mutant mechanic, or you're a mutant this, or a mutant that, or an anthropomorph this or that which I think is great to lay over the character. I love games that are built that way. I don't like games that are jerry-rigged that way because if it's part of the game, it feels natural, and that's the whole point. And I want it to feel like this is supposed to be here in the game. But at the same time, there's no reason why you can't modularize other games. Here I go talking about jerry-rigging, and then I'm talking about this. Yes, that's my schizophrenic mind. I'm sorry. But I'm... I recall I recall playing like third, fourth edition champions and having what they call they had what they called package deals where okay, you want to play this kind of character, here's the package deal, here's the point cost. And it comes with power skills and things like that for the game. And it's easy to do. You can do it as a character, you can use NPCs. Uh, mooks are good for that. If you have a shield-type organization or a hydra-type organization, you need foot soldiers and mooks and all these other guys. Okay, here's a here's a shield 
Mook, uh, on the ground soldier. Here is a Hydra technician, etc., etc., etc. So it's good for that. I think more games should do that. Now, how do you go about doing that? Well, you look at what the actually. If it, you know what, what I what I just said. That's the whole idea behind classes in D and D. Because if you look at a class like a magic user or a a fighter, they have even in the earliest days they have certain special what they call special abilities. That's a package deal right there. That's a modular thing. That's why I prefer that over a skill skill system if the skill system is not native to the game. Because, because well, as I said before, skill systems, I run hot and cold on depending if it's part of the game or just tacked on. Because if it's tacked on, I just don't like the feel of it. Usually it doesn't work, but if there there are games out there that are built around a skill system. So if and I like them. So like Call of Cthulhu, it's built around a skill system, and so that's the way you have to do it. But if you're doing a skill system, if you're doing a like a package deal thing, because Vigilante City, it's mostly the package deal thing. It's mostly you pick the class because every class, even like I said, even in the early days of D&D, you pick a fighter. A fighter has this special ability and that special ability and that special ability included with the class. These are package deals. These are modular. And I understand why now in the earlier days of D&D they didn't have a skill system. That didn't come until about second edition. Or on Earth Arcana, I guess, if you want to go that route. But... Second edition came up with the feats. They came up with the proficiency system, which I'm still, I'm still, the jury's still out with me on that because I've, I spent a lot of time playing second edition. I spent a lot, quite a few years playing first edition, but I never had, any, this is funny, I never had any D&D, D&D books or AD&D books until second edition. That's when I bought my first set of D&D, AD&D books but I've been playing for like five years before that. So it, I look at it because I knew first edition. I knew first edition well because I'd played it, played quite a bit of it. Never did basic. I didn't come to basic until way later, but I knew 1E. And I looked at 2E and I go, hmm, that's kind of, well, I guess that, yeah, okay, fine. But then the, they also have kits, in there. That's what started. The third edition was prestige classes, da, da 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 So they were thinking modularly, which is good. And also I gave two I kind of give two E a pass on that because one, I can always take that stuff out and still have a good game. I can basically play it like one E. And two, it really did help the it was because the, the game was a rework top to bottom. I really wish people who were coming up with the later editions of D&D would have taken an example from this 2E because they reworked it top to bottom, but they kept the stuff that people remember and liked. Not that they didn't do that in 5th edition. They did a lot of stuff, but it was also... 5th edition is also colored by the D20 system, the 3rd edition stuff, because you still have Ascending Armor class, you still have... And, and they went further, like making everything a a the same type of role, and you don't have you, you have 
I miss the saving. Let me put it this way. I miss the saving throws. Even if it's just like Swords and Wizardry, one saving throw. I miss the saving throws. It could be five. It could be three. It could be, you know, Fort, Ref, and Will. I wasn't that crazy about, but at least they were there. But this, you know, stat, save, I just, uh, ugh, you know. But anyway, like I said, second edition was a top-to-bottom rewrite and what they added they really tried to integrate it with what was there and once again I can take it out if I'm uncomfortable with it which means I probably won't be using kits either but you know that's the way it is I have that option to if some player comes up to me and has a splat book in hand saying ooh I really want to play this I will look at it and I will allow it if I feel that it's not going to mess up the game and things like that. So there's that too. But I think I love modularity. It also makes for a quicker game. What I mean is it also makes for a quicker start of a game. That's why there's pre-gens in convention games. It's called Let's Get Going. <laughs> so there's that. Anyway. I've talked too much about this. I can always tell when I'm rambling and rambling on because all of a sudden, oh my God, it's going on 10 minutes. I've talked too much. But, you know, modularity is good. And if I may talk about this in a later episode about how to do it and all that. But anyway, I got to go start my day. So if you like this, you want to talk about it, oldmangrognar at gmail.com or you can drop a voicemail on Anchor. We're monetized to as little as 99 cents a month. You too can help support this program and I thank you. Thanks again to Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, Daniel, Dan, Benjamin, Jason, and John Allen. You guys are great. Don't forget Dan Gregg's The Young Y-U-N-G, Young Grognard Podcast, Mark C. Wallring's The Yawning Albert Podcast, and Big John Allen Larges The Red Dice Diaries. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.